Hey everybody! Sadly, this episode won't include a cryptid encounter. We're going to jump straight into the good stuff because no one is immune from the holiday hustle and bustle. We hope it doesn't break your heart to miss our bad acting and our bad accents. Next is going to be our Christmas episode and we have some really cool things in the works and it got a lot of our focus. It's not too late to add your last minute votes for the creepy cryptid Christmas that we have coming up. You can cast your vote on Patreon or Facebook. Remember, Patreon votes count twice. If you aren't following us on social media, you may miss the next upcoming announcement. We're having a Christmas giveaway. We will be gifting one listener an opportunity to win a 50 States of Terror koozie, bag, and specially made 50 States of Terror crystal ornament, courtesy of Mystic Dragon Games. Speaking of Mystic Dragon Games, if you want to take advantage of our promo code before Christmas, Mystic Dragon Games has expanded our discount options in their store. Promo code 50 states is now good for 20% off almost their entire store. For details and restrictions and a link to the website, check out our show notes in the description. Check out our social media this week for details on how to enter and win our Christmas giveaway. Check out Mystic Dragon Games promo code 50 states for 20% off almost the entire store. 50 states of terror may include descriptions and discussions unsuitable for young audiences. Episodes may contain adult themes, language, and content. Listener discretion is advised. This is Georgia, the Otomaha River Monster. Hello again, and thank you for listening to our show. 50 States of Terror. We have some great news. Very exciting news. We have our first merch sale. We do. We sold a few koozies and we sold a canvas bag all with our super cute logo. We've got some tentacles and some eagle and some mint work going on. We reached a milestone in down, not, not downloads, right? Yeah, downloads. We broke 1,000 downloads. We are actually a little good chunk past 1,000 now. And that's really a lot of thanks to the people who have already listened who have told their friends about it, who have rated, who have reviewed. We definitely saw a spike after our last request for it. So we hope you had a good Thanksgiving, and I hope you're not tired of us saying that we are so thankful for all of you. Yeah, and the the fact that we have uh, people responding and commenting on our posts and uh, giving us reviews, that means a lot. And it really helps us find a direction to go in because sometimes we're not quite sure if we're spinning our wheels or, or what. So it's great to get that kind of feedback, but all the mushy stuff aside, we hope you had a great Thanksgiving. And if you are interested in participating a little bit in our December special, after this episode, we are going to be doing a Christmas episode and we have a poll on our Patreon and we also have a poll on our Facebook. You can go on there, vote on what characters you want to hear about. And remember that, Patreon subscribers, their vote counts for more. It does. They get the double voting power. So yeah, become a patron. All the cool kids are doing it. Yep. They're such cool kids too. They always give us great feedback. They're always reaching out to us. We love our patrons. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But let's get into our cryptid. Are you ready? Yeah. Awesome. So we are going to be talking about Alti. The Otamaha River Monster. The legends of this cryptid predate the English colonization of the area, 
and some claims originally attribute the beginning of the story to the tales of the Lower Muscogee Creek tribe. Altamaha was a life source to the valley and was home to many different tribes over the years. It's the second largest river basin in the entire United States. It's second only to the Mississippi. It empties into the Altamaha Sound, where we find Wolf Island. And according to the United States Fish and Wildlife Service, it has over 5,000 acres of coastland in their refuge. It's home to a bunch of migratory birds, as well as a sea turtle nursery habitat. But these sightings aren't just antiquated stories that we found in dusty, leather-bound books. There are several recent sightings in the digital age, from shrimp boats cruising on by or tourists getting more they bargained for. Alti, as the locals refer to it, is apparently here to stay. Anthony, what does Alti look like? Alti, for those who know your dinosaurs, resembles a plesiosaur. Now, a plesiosaur is an aquatic dinosaur. The plesiosaur has no fingers or kind of like a leg, like a crocodile or anything. It has fins, very long, large tail, big, snake-like head, uh, elongated neck. Um, it has a soft-featured uh, head, so, so it doesn't have this aggressive looking mouth on it is that just minus the the back two extremities yeah so you want to think more if you're trying to picture it and you're not familiar they look like dolphin flippers correct the pectoral fins yeah 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 do i sound smart yeah pectoral so a cool fact about pectoral fins um a lot of the times they actually have five fingers inside of those fins which lends to the evolutionary cases of why some of them ended up becoming land-bound mammals and why we have five fingers. So if you look at modern whales, a lot of them do have those five fingers in them. Yeah, and the way Alti is described, uh, you would think that it wouldn't be able to swim because if if it were to to uh, thrust its uh, its fins to propel itself... It would just go in complete circles. Okay, I'm so glad you brought that up. And it's earlier than I really thought we were going to jump into it. But at the Georgia Institute of Technology, they created models of plesiosaurs to see how they would swim. So this originally started as a project where they were working on penguins and other current creatures. And then they went into imaginary creatures and they went into extinct creatures. And they found that plesiosaurs, true plesiosaurs which would be more like the Loch Ness Monster that have pectoral fins up front, but they also have fins in the back. Correct. They swim like penguins, so the back legs don't actually do anything. Correct. It's only for steering. So think about a rudder on a boat. Right. The front ones, they I mean, they're just going for it, and they are pounding the water, and they are just going, and then the back is just kind of flopping around, controlling where they go. So I wonder how they think that Alti was really getting around. Maybe that tail was compensating in that rudder aspect? Well, I did find a, a picture of an artist's rendering of what the, a sighting um, said and described it as. And the uh, So I did find a, a drawing of an artist's rendering of a person who claimed to see it and described the tail as not having a like a, a regular paddle where it's just north and south. It's it has four quadrants 
where it's north, south, east, and west. So it kind of acts like a, a, a helicopter rotor. Uh, it acts like an arrow. You're right. So instead of it going uh, east and west and flopping around and, and uh, changing direction that way, it can actually go in 360 degrees and it can act as the two missing back fins. Interesting. So I want to assume that most of the sightings, because the river itself, uh, if you look at pictures of the river, it's murky. It's mm-hmm. not It's not clear. It's not like mm-hmm. a, a very clear river. And it extends very, very far into into Georgia. So some parts of it are really hard to see from, from where you had a vantage point going into the river. So maybe what they're seeing is just like the, the top half and not seeing the, the bottom half. So it could have two fins, but no one's ever seen it. Or it doesn't have the two back fins and it has that uh, that uh, arrow-like tail, which I which I want to believe it is. It, it, just, it, just looks, it looks cooler with the, the minus the two fins and, yeah. and that uh, arrow-like tail. I'm a sucker for an original Nessie story. But yeah, the river is about 140 miles in from the coast. So the Altamaha exits and joins the saltwater at the Altamaha Sound. Right. So that's where it goes in. So you've got 140 miles of the second widest river basin in the U.S. I feel like that just invites so many things to come in and join. And Anthony and I talked about it a little bit before. Uh, A lot of the things that we think it really could be in the case of mistaken identity are very similar to our Arkansas episode. So we're going to touch on it a little bit, but if you're interested and you didn't get a chance to check out the Arkansas White River Monster, that's really going to go in depth on common mistaken identity situations here. Right. One of the most compelling ones that I saw was the sturgeon for this specific case, but I can also see a lot of the descriptions are describing it as gray and mottled and a white underbelly. And that really fits kind of in the manatee situation. These stories come from way, way back. We're talking way, way back. We're talking about these tales are coming from the lower Muscogee Creek tribe. This is pre-colonization. This is before English settlers are coming down here. The first dinosaur bones, the first dinosaur bones of this nature weren't found until 1824. And that's just one of those things that always is always just a, it's a mind fuck because George Washington died before we discovered dinosaurs. Yeah, he never knew they existed. George Washington never knew that dinosaurs were real. There was a bone war in the late 1800s. And there were two paleontologists. I'm not sure if that term was a term yet, because it was still in its infancy. But once they discovered the first ones and were confirmed, this is about 1824, it was on. And they ended up finding 136 different species of dinosaurs in the Rocky Mountains. Correct. And that included Spinosaurus, Tyrannosaurus. I mean, some of the big ones that we know today. But this was before that. We didn't even know that there wasn't even a sketchbook. There wasn't a playbook to go by. So these stories were happening without original source material 
that we knew about at the time. So that's kind of compelling for me. I'm not usually one to jump on the cryptid train, but that's a little compelling for me. At least, I don't know. Yeah, and also when you think about um, when people are trying to find answers on what it is or what it could be, and during the time when when they are uh, excavating these things out and, you know, the locals are saying, you know, it's this, it's that. They're not saying that it's a plesiosaur. They're not, they're not saying it's a plesiosaurus. What they're saying is like, it's a monster. Mm-hmm. You know, it's from their tales, from their stories, from their childhood. I don't want to say this is like kind of the, the birth of where some of these stories come from. But if you did not know what you were looking at and you saw this monster bone set, and you're like, what the <laughs> fuck is that? Right. Is Are there more? And, you know, that, that brings up a good point. This could have been something that maybe a native tribe found a set of bones. And then they created the story. And that's a lot of conjecture, though. The very first claim that hit the newspapers from a non-native person was in 1830. Yep. So April 18th, 1830. Yep. It was in the Savannah, Georgian newspaper. There were multiple claims that were matching the same identification. It started in April 18th of the Savannah, Georgian, and then again April 22nd, 1830 from the Savannah, Georgian, and again on March 29th, 1830 on the Charleston Mercury. And these are all credible news outlets. And stories were coming in on sightings of these things. And when you're talking about, well, you know, uh, crazy one-eyed Joe down by the river telling the stories. And no, these were from... Reputable men. Reputable men. Correct. And this is another thing that we saw in a previous episode where we discussed the Long Island Sound. If you were crazy, if you were known to be a drunk, if you were not an upstanding person, the 1800s were not your time, my guy. They would tell you, no, you're drunk. No, you're crazy. There were no PC filters. Yeah. It's not like now where everybody has a cell phone and now you're uh, the, the smartest man on on the planet doing, you know, TikTokers. Tiki-talkies. <laughs> Tiki-talkies talking about uh, flat earth. No, this, what this is, is, and even, it even goes to say that the reporter was saying, well, do you think you saw a whale? And one of the people that they interviewed was a, uh, a ship captain. And he blatantly just said, I know what whales look like. Mm-hmm. That was not a whale. And it, I love how it, this story is on multiple dates in the 1800s, multiple news outlets, newspapers mm-hmm. on the 1800s that stems from from different towns, different cities along the Altamaha River. And it's not the only generation that had a multitude of claims. So there was a very popular claim that happened in 1969. Nice. 69. Okay. But then there was a whole group of them that happened in 1980. So in the summer of 1980, the beginning of these claims started. 
There were two men that claimed that they saw something that was 20 foot long, stranded in the mud, beached up on the shore, thrashing and bellowing and doing its best to get back out to the water. Later on in the summer, there was another claim. There was another claim in December, and they were all describing something about that length. One of them described it as the largest eel he's ever seen, which goes into like the long neck, long tail thing. But I just think it's interesting that they're all clumped. It's like jeepers creepers every 23 years. Yeah. And it's at 230 years, maybe. And of course, when you have something like this, because this isn't like one of the big bads, this isn't just like a chupacabra, a yeti, or whatever. This is a regional monster and it's gaining a lot of publicity so with that comes scam artists or uh fraud what have you people trying to make tiktoks there is an author on vocal by the name of wade wayano he is a cryptid author and he talks about the altamaha river monster and one of the famous photos that surfaced of a beached river monster turns out it was it was fake it was a in a stunt an artist stunt and the artist's name is zardulu Ooh, i want a name like zardulu and uh and he he fessed to it he fessed up to it too he said yeah this is it was just a piece of work it's, it's artist it's it's uh you know it's just what i do and uh it does raise a lot of uh skepticism when you're talking about the i lost my word the credibility credibility of of these of these sightings because when you get to modern sightings in 2010 there is a video of one Mm -hmm. and the video is it compelling it's fucking it it has me like thinking like holy shit like is did they actually get this because the, the video it's on YouTube actually the a uh, photographer was just taking a video of the sunset and of the beautiful scenery around the Altamaha River and caught a glimpse of something lurking in the water in in the river menacingly well no it was more like bubbles were coming off in the water and they're like oh what the hell is that you know mm-hmm. is it is it like uh, a sturgeon like a gator should i leave so the answer is yes gator or river monster the answer <laughs> is leave <laughs> so he captures this thing kind of slowly take the head out of the water but like you could barely see it as if the only the eyes come up and then you see this huge elongated thing and then it, it kind of dives back in. I'm going to have to look it up because I didn't see this. I think I was really focused on the on the history of it. It is tr- it is gnarly. You know, we're going to go ahead. We're going to post this onto our uh, on our social media. If you want to check out this video, uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, all fifty states of terror, or Twitter's fifty states <laughs> terror. Yeah, because the character limit because, is the joke. Because the character, because the character <laughs> limit. Yeah. So this this video. It is like all those other videos you see where, um, you know, it's not a hundred percent, you know, stationary. The dude's kind of freaking out or whatever. He, he, he's a monster in the water. He zooms a little bit. and doesn't zoom all the way. Uh, 
because he says that he doesn't have that that he didn't have that you know technology mm-hmm. in 2010 to to zoom all the way in. So uh, my phone looked like I was recording things with a potato in 2010. No shit, like it's it's amazing what technology has has advanced since like like shit like five years ago to mm-hmm. now. But anyway. It, the the video it just it, it makes me think like what the fuck was that and it's it's really cool it's just it's just one of those things where we're like yeah it's not a a, a murky photo of Sasquatch it, it's just a video and it looks as if there's a giant fucking eel you know and well I don't know it could be faulty it might be so there are a couple things I want to make sure that we talk about. So a couple times I've mentioned the English colonization of the area. What we haven't really gotten into is that a big portion of this river is in the McIntosh County and Glen County. And those names don't sound super native because they're Scottish. There was a very large Scottish population here. There was a large Scottish settlement. Actually, a lot of these sightings are happening around an old Scottish barracks is what I'm seeing. So at this point, Nessie's already been around. These sightings have already started over there. Yeah, when they're talking about it, all the all of the uh, Scotsmen are saying, hey, I know exactly what I that is. I know this story. I know what that is. So, coincidence, however, kismet, fate, coinkydink, whatever you want to call it, you've got foreigners coming into the land, and you're like, hey, this is out there. <laughs> I know what that is. Okay. So even if they saw something different, the story kind of escalated, elevated, changed. We can't say for sure because we weren't there. But I do think it's really interesting that Loch Ness stories were coming to what was freshly America at this point and merging with the Native American cultures that were already here. Yeah. And as we've seen through time... They love to take that culture and they love to to shape it and make it their own. So maybe that helped perpetuate the story that we have today. We also need to look at Spain because, yes, Spain is not the one that claimed the land successfully anyway. The conquistadors were coming here already and there was a native slave trade that was happening in the area. And there was a specific conquistador that came and took over this whole valley for a while. Stealing people's children, stealing people's wives, stealing people's men, taking them out the door. We're not going to give him any more popularity than he already had. So his name doesn't even need to be mentioned because he's a D-bag. But if you want to look it up, it's not hard to find him. In Spain, there are even modern claims of thresher sharks washing up, which is one of the things we talk about in the White River Monster Thresher sharks have so much fatty tissue that as soon as they die, all the little fishies eat all the little pieces off of them, and they look like a serpent when they wash up on the shores. We've also got oarfish in the area coming up the coast and washing up on the Spanish shores. So as people are coming over, they're bringing their stories just like the Scots did, and they're like, oh, well, on our coast, we find this, compared to the native stories saying, hey, we've seen this. It's kind of like a melting pot of monsters yeah and when you talk about the uh the indigenous peoples who were there the tama and the creek 
tribes were describing this thing long before any uh, foreigners came and described the same thing. So I personally love the history of this thing. It's it's huge. I I'm a sucker for a plesiosaur, and I'm pretty sure I said it pretty early on in the episodes. So I think we should just go ahead and give it the Nessies it deserves. Are we are we on the same opinion of this Nessie rating? <laughs> uh, should we say it on three? Three, two, one. Five golden. You didn't say it with me. <laughs> okay. No, one, it's, it's totally it's two. T- Three, five, five golden. Ne- oh, you want to see the whole thing? Okay. I mean, no, not now. Now it's over. <laughs> five golden Nessies. Yeah, this is this is one one of the good ones. This was fun. This was a rabbit hole I could keep going down, and I feel like I have a lot of notes that we just don't have time for. Yeah, and there's actually a museum uh, for Alti too, it, and the pictures and the statues look. Amazing. I want an Alti hat from the gift shop. I mean, we can make our own hats now. We have our own hats in our merch store. That's a great plug. Yeah. (laughs) Did you like that segue there? (laughs) Well, everyone, this was a lot of fun. I could really do a part two of this one. And maybe we will revisit Alti in a future episode. But in the meantime... Thank you so much for all of your love and support. We appreciate you. Our next episode is going to be our Christmas episode, like we said. We have it narrowed down to a few different cryptid or spooky or otherwise dark kind of Christmas characters. And if you would like to go and vote on those, you can do so on our Facebook or on our Patreon. Some of those examples are Krampus. We have... The Yule Lads. The Yule Lads. And of course, with the Yule Lads, we have Gryla. We have a witch. We have Father Whipper. We have all sorts of stuff. So we need you to help us narrow it down so that you get the episode of your hopes and dreams. And we get to have a lot of fun making it. Get those votes in. Your vote matters. It does. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you again just in time for Christmas. Thank you for listening. And goodbye. Goodbye. That was my news anchor sign off. Thank you for tuning in to CRYPT News. (laughs) (laughs) That was one of my favorite ones, by the way. (laughs) Do you need more 50 States of Terror? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you do. You can find us on Facebook, Patreon, and Instagram at 50 States of Terror. Now that's five zero states of terror, and on Twitter, at fifty states terror, without the of, you know, because of the character limit. <laughs> we'll see you there. Yeah, you will.